We will now play a portion from a secret recording David made of the interview he had with Jim while searching for a podcast partner. Uh, Thanks for coming by. Uh, Have a seat. All right. So my first question to you is, how will your experience selling refinery equipment translate to co-hosting a podcast? You don't work in sales, do you? Uh, No, I, I work in technology. You see, I sit across from a man. I see his face. I see his eyes. Now, does it matter if he wants to host a podcast with me or buy $100 million worth of deep-sea drilling equipment? Don't be a fool. He wants respect. He wants love. He wants to be younger. He wants to be attractive. There is no such thing as a product. Don't ever think there is. There is only podcasting. All of life is a podcast. You understand that what I'm telling you is a universal truth, David. Yes. Uh, okay. Uh, I'm a little concerned that you, you might be overqualified for the position. Do you, um, do, do you think that you are? Do I look like someone who would waste my own time? No. Can, <clears throat> can you are a man of great confidence. Could you speak a little more to that and what role confidence would be in your dialogue with a fellow co-host? Will you be heard? Will you have a voice? Will I steamroll over you? Do you feel heard right now, David? Do you have a voice right now? You can answer me. Yes. That was your choice, not mine. The fallacy is that it is up to the steamroller. It is up to the object, whether it will be flattened or not. And I can tell just from the small interaction we've had already, you won't be flattened by anybody. Do you agree with me, David? Yes. Yes, you do. You creep me out. But I think you're perfect. Well, now we're recording. I said, hey, computer. Hey, computer. You're going you're gonna to record. You're going to be nice to me. You're not going to reboot. This is you're th- not going to kick the program out of memory. You're not going to go. We've gotten to this point where David is now talking to a computer. <laughs> Begging it. You were talking to, to a work. computer last week. I was. Not very well. Begging it to work. <laughs> like, a, was I, uh, like an egalitarian. <laughs> Sometimes I'm begging the computer to work and sometimes I'm begging me to work mm. when I talk to computers. That makes sense. You really don't know. It's a struggle. I struggle with myself. It's a struggle of the heart when I talk to robots because yeah. I don't want to be enslaved. Um, what, what do we do first? Oh, uh, you probably have an intro for me. I do. Are I you have... going to put more crap on my desk? Because <laughs> that bumper sticker is still sitting right there. So far, all... <laughs> so far, all of this stuff is on Sarah's desk and I will give it to you and you won't keep it and I'll throw it away. That's what we'll do. I like that. I could either throw it away now or I could wait three months and then throw it away. Yeah. So like last time uh, I did a vacation recap, I gave to remind our audience, I gave David some gifts. Um, one of those gifts is still sitting here on his printer uh, platform thing. A bumper sticker from Wild Drug, the famous tourist trap from South Dakota, Wild Drug, South Dakota. It's still there, not used. I might as well take it home today. Well, 
I have more gifts today. It is but, hard for me to describe how much I appreciate you taking that home. <laughs> what, did, what did you expect me to do with it? You know, here's what one person <laughs> might expect you to do with it. Right. To throw it away. You haven't touched this. Oh no, this is a thing. It has been untouched. This you, is a thing. Is why like, haven't you, like, why am I doing this? I, I, are you going to throw it away? Oh yeah. Well, no. Well, yeah, I probably will. See, I have no that, use for this. That, that indecision there what? is like so much of me. Okay. <laughs> Like, well, I don't know what to do with it. It really technically it doesn't take up any space. It's as flat as a sheet of paper. <laughs> it's not threatening. It's you. not threatening. It's not causing problems. Like if it caused problems, sure, I'll throw it away. But, but right you don't now, want it either. Exactly. <laughs> so you just don't know what to do. I this, this was like four months so ago. It just sat there. No, no that was more like no, eight or, eight that or was nine eight or nine ago, months. Yeah. This has been sitting by your printer for eight or nine months. Yep. And now we're going to do it all over again. So, um, here. David, I have an intro today. I have a plan and you're going to go on this uh, with me. Hey, um, planners and schemers. It's time, David. Mm -hmm. It's time to take a little trip with me to a place. A little place I'd like to call America. When you're talking about a trip, Mm. never describe it as going to a place. That is how every trip has gone since the beginning of time, Jim. A place of opportunity, (laughs) David, where a guy can gaze across the fruited plain and say it's good to be alive. Yes, it is. Did you say fruited plain? Fruited plain. Okay. It's in the song. Am I not supposed to feed back here? You can do whatever you want. It's okay. your show. It's your show. I took a vacation last week down south to Texas. El Paso, Texas to be uh, to be sure. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. A little border town. That's Spanish for the pass. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I brought some gifts. Yes, I did. Some gifts. Not gifts. Gifts. Yeah, your enunciation on that is gifts. Well, when people it's say unclear, when people say gifts in regular sentence, sentence, gift sentence, they say gifts. So, I mean, how do you get the T in there? Gifts. 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 What, what are you putting in at the end for? Do you say gifts? Say it again. Gifts. 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 and we just lost three subscribers and i brought some presents for you from that vacation that i found along the way um that vacation went through the big skies of montana to the rugged terrain of idaho through the mountainous vistas of utah through the desolate and dry desert terrain new mexico and finally to a small border town in el paso texas did you drive in an s i'm really confused no it makes sense it was a First you hit Montana, then you hit Idaho. You know, now that I, uh, we actually went through the Southwest corner of Colorado. I fly Southwest. Yeah. It just, just like a quick, it was like we were in Colorado <laughs> for about five minutes. Nice. And then nice. Uh, we connected. Did with, you tell uh, my wife's parents that you said hi? You know, really weird place. Uh, really uh, poor. Really? Really like poor. Like all of Colorado? Yeah. No, not all of Colorado. Like the, 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 the rural areas of the like rural. everything, not Denver. Mm-hmm. What's it like? Is it just kind of like just kind of Colorado is a weed state. What does that mean? It means that people for whatever reason go to it for marijuana. What? Oh, like, well, yeah, they, they have had it. Well, no, but like in to a way bu- that like Washington and California have like to, to live there to just be a to be a, a weed drug person. Burnout. Yeah, a weed well, person. Yes. OK, well, that was interesting because the, the area that we went through again, the south. Yeah, it was. Yeah, the southwest corner, like just a little tip of it. Um, looked like at a place that hadn't been updated since the seventies. Hmm. Like I took a bathroom break in a grocery store mm-hmm. that I don't think was updated past 76, maybe 
Like even the food? And you could, re- yeah, maybe. Like <laughs> some of it had dust on it, and I and I dared to use the bathroom, and I will never ever go there again. <laughs> Only in my nightmares. I mean, <laughs> but anyways, where was I? Um, what does it all add up to, David? It adds up to the land of the free, and the home of the brave, America. Hey, uh, so let's get let's get to it. Montana and Idaho, not much to it other than just great mountains. Uh, lots of you know great views, mm-hmm. wonderful mm-hmm. driving country. I would say um, nothing much, just mountains. Nothing much, and because I have a flip phone, you didn't um, take any pictures. I didn't take any pictures, <laughs> right? So what I did instead did was, you did you sketch the mountains I, for me? I sketched <laughs> the mountains for you so that you could you could enjoy and experience and and feel, David. I didn't realize you had any artistic talent. I perhaps, thought you were just a drummer. Perhaps. <laughs> There is, there is more than a kernel of truth to that. <laughs> um, uh, so I drew a picture so that you could you could feel with me for the first time in your life. Mm-hmm, feel, mm-hmm. David, feel. Uh, a picture of the mountain. So here you go. That's uh, yours. Go ahead and take it. <laughs> this is a... Uh, so that's a picture. A triangle. Yeah. I mean, I didn't have any gifts. So I, like I, the, uh, I like the car. How did you fit your whole family in that? Well, we... What is uh, that, like we, a clown car? We, we travel... <laughs> We travel well. We got one window, <laughs> and uh, and there you go. So uh, so wow. if you kids want to see that picture? Uh, join our Slack, which David will tell you about later. What's next? Um, I just want to know uh, in, in regards to your trip. Did the yeah. How, yeah. how did it go with the children? Because how many how many hours was that? Well, it was a it was a clean 24, 23 hours, a full day, S- straight through. Right? <laughs> no way. <laughs> <laughs> our family travels well. Mm-hmm. On the way down there, we took two hotel stays, and that's pushing it. Mm -hmm. It would probably be better for three, but guess what we did on the way back? Guess what old Jim had? uh, He had an idea. You're going to do just one hotel stop. An idea called efficiency, and we did one hotel stop. That required, required, we uh, left El Paso at 4 a.m. in the morning. Right. Rolled into Provo, Utah. Mm -hmm. uh, You're taller. Mm -hmm. So that was one long day. The next day wasn't so bad. Well, at least you have two drivers. Yes, we have two drivers. The kids travel well. We had activities, games. Right. Um, all sorts of fun things. Uh, you're looking at me and what I have in my hand right now, David. Let me explain this. Is so this we air went from your lungs. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we went through Utah. It's a Doctor uh, Who reference. Okay. <laughs> uh, a lot of fun to drive through Utah. Have you ever driven through Utah before? Have you ever been to Utah? I've not. It's a cool place. Good driving place. I've Lots of to, things to see. I've been to fewer places than you would expect somebody who has moved all the way across the country to yeah. have been to. Well, basically what you're probably trying to say is you've spent time in your hometown, maybe gone on a few jaunts yeah. here and there, and then you just flew to Spokane. Right. <laughs> and then have spent about 10 minutes in Colorado. <laughs> oh, I've spent lots of time in Colorado. Yeah, I know, I know, I know. But, but basically, yeah, okay, I guess yeah. you're right. And I, Idaho, like, I mean, that's that's right yeah. across the, the state line, but... Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. You've, you have been to Ohio, uh, Ohio do uh, but I have been to Utah. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, home of the Mormons, uh, that that fun mm-hmm, little mm-hmm. little tribe of folks mm-hmm. um, in Salt Lake City. They have the the, the grand, the big Puba Mormon temple. Did there's you a see couple, any? Uh... There's a couple of temples. There's one in Boise, I think. Uh, probably a couple in the. I'm, I'm talking about not like the churches, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but like the big grand, the big. You know what I'm talking about? I really don't. I I, I know very little about okay. Mormon culture. Well, and, and I don't. Did you see any polygamies? <laughs> Did you see a polygamy? Um, so uh, I did. I've, I've met a polygamist oh, Mormon. Okay. I th- <laughs> it 
Very uh, awkward. Uh, sir, are you a polygamy? <laughs> um, so uh, without getting too sidetracked, I think there are, there yeah, are, there we are, wouldn't ch- want to do that. <laughs> we wouldn't want to do that in this show. There are, there are, there are churches, Mormon churches. I'm uh-huh. pretty sure they call them churches. Kirk, these, yeah. These are just your regular neighborhood places uh, that people, the Mormons go to their church service. Then there are, then there's the big, um, the, the, they call them temples. I think right. these are bigger structures. I don't know if these are places you go to go to do church in if you're a Mormon right. or if they're bigger governmental things, the, the, the elders, I don't know. But anyways, there's a lot of these. There's like, there's one in Boise that I remember. Is this seeing. a Mormon's breath? Did you strangle a Mormon? And this is his last breath. No, no. Jim is holding a bag, a bag of air, a Ziploc bag of air. air. And I'm trying to get to the story. So I went into the big one, the big Mormon temple, the one with the, on the, on the top, there's like this, this, this thing with the trumpet, like the one of the angels or something. You mean a shofar mm-hmm. and uh, uh shofar show good. I'm mm-hmm. sorry. I won't. I, I'm sorry. So you that's, went to Utah and this mean. is all you have to show for it. Hey, He's got jokes, as Les Lanfield would say. Um, so I wanted to get in and check it out. Not really a touristy thing to do, though. You don't really get to just go into these right. and and just kind of explore. You can't. Well, really if you have three women with you, you <laughs> might. <laughs> David, they don't currently practice polygamy. Oh yeah, I, I met a Mormon polygamist the, the, from Idaho, no less. The, well, the crazy ones, the the fundamentalist sects, the Idahoan they, ones. They yeah. still they still do, but like 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 Mormon. Um, uh, what am I trying to say? Just I don't know, but you're gesturing. The biggest denomination of Mormons, they kind of swore they that denominations? off. Denominations? I don't know. They, have, they swore that off long right. ago. But anyways, I tried to get in. They well, said, no, you illegal. can't. One, you're not Mormon. I said, are you sure? They said, well, how, do, how can you prove it? And I just kind of showed how many kids are in their pants. What? And then they said, okay, come on in. So I got in, mm-hmm. um, did get some special, <laughs> I, I did get some special underwear, which I'm okay. wearing right now that I won't show you because no, I'm glad. Yeah. But I got some, but air. it's very clean. I got some air, right? I from kept, the, from I, the tab, from the Mormon temple. I captured uh-huh. the air. I'm going to give it to you. Uh-huh. I want you to go ahead and open it up. So you know what it smells I'm not gonna like. I'm going to open this. Yeah, yeah, you will. No, I'm just not going to open this. You will. That's just, not a thing I'm going to do. You, you, that's a thing you're going well, to do. Look, look, it's wet on the inside. Just go ahead. I'm not going to open this. Give it to me. Give it to me. I'm going to open it. And now I want you to smell. Smell. I'm holding my breath. What does it smell like? What does it smell like? I don't know. I'm holding my breath. I can smell it. You know what it smells like? What does it smell like? It's like, it's like a, it's like reminiscent of you're going to eventually breathe eventually. But by that time it'll be dissipated. No, you're smelling it now. No, I haven't breathed in yet. (laughs) You're serious. You haven't. I haven't. Your face is turning blue. <laughs> David, don't make just, me laugh. That'll, okay, here, that'll I'll, expel the. Uh, here, I'll get. I'll fan it out. You know, you don't need to breathe that often. It's fine. I still haven't breathed. <laughs> when you do eventually breathe, right? It's going to remind you of like a potpourri sense. A potpourri sense. I don't smell anything now. A Mormon temple smells a lot like the papacy potpourri. And that all that lead up was to that joke. Oh, that oh, I gotcha. And I think your interaction <laughs> kind of ruined it. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, I guess so, I should have breathed. What do we have next? Uh, so speaking of never that, thought I'd say that. Speaking of that last joke, we went to New Mexico. A lot of desert. They have a lot of these uh, um, um, bushes <laughs> um, with shrubs, uh, as you would say, shrubs, and uh, and uh, they have these wicked thorns mm-hmm. on them really wicked thorns. They call them goat heads. I don't know why they call them goat heads, but have the desert is just been, filled with bushes. With have these. you ever been goated? And I went and got one. Right? Uh-huh. Can you see that? That is wow. a goat. That is a, th- and that's one of the small ones. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. I couldn't even, I, I mean, I couldn't, 
I had to saw it off. You could kill someone just, with that. Just to get it off. And the, the desert is filled with these. And this reminded me of you. Mm-hmm. So, so I put it in my side. So here's the thorn from my side. <laughs> I'm not taking that. Okay. <laughs> but I will take a picture of you holding it. Okay. Here's the, <clears throat> here's the thorn on my side that reminded me of you. So there's that. All right. And uh, what else do I have? Uh, lastly, I have a piece. I have a, a whoa, wooden, whoa! Jim's got a gun! I have a wooden... <laughs> I got a piece here. Now, I got a, a piece of wood here uh-huh. that I tore off from the wall. That down looks like a, El Paso was a border jacked town. Jacked up shim. A place where I fell in love with a Mexican girl. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> the song down to El Paso. I fell I in love know the song. with a Mexican just Mormon. girl. I just fell in love with a Mexican. It's just a song. Never mind. But I got a piece of the wall. So you, you, it's a souvenir. Uh huh. You want it? No. It's a piece. of I the wall. I never want any of these things. Well, I think it's special it's because what wall? I got Mexico to pay for it. So, <laughs> but I, I lastly, my last <laughs> gift that I that I got for you, so that you can all end with that. <laughs> <laughs> so you can join you in. Have, you should have warned me. I would have um, played along. Better. The highlight of my trip. The uh-huh. highlight. What do you think the highlight of my trip was? Oh, did you get yourself a, an El Paso slice at a Sabaros? Uh, <laughs> exciting, <laughs> exciting, but not but not as exciting as uh, uh, that's a napkin. My family. Uh, we got to eat at um, Chick Fil A. Ah, yes. we went to Chick Fil A and we ate there, and it was indeed wonderful. Denver, awesome. Denver International Airport has a Chick-fil-A. Yeah, Chick-fil-A. Mm-hmm. I wonder how far north they go. We checked. They have one in Montana. It all places Kalispell, just like northern Montana, which is really weird. Kalispell? Kalispell, huh. Montana. They have a Chick-fil-A there. Why there and not, you know? They have one in Seattle. They have like four in Seattle. Oh, they do? Yeah. Yeah. Every time we go there, we, we get Chick-fil-A. Man. Listeners, listeners who take happen? Chick-fil-A for granted should know. There's yeah. not a Chick-fil-A within... I think the closest one is in a college town, and it's only open during really weird hours. It's Moscow. From us? Oh, there's yeah. no Chick-fil-A in Moscow? But it's only open in weird hours. I have hours. no idea. Yeah. Oh, but is it um, is it an actual, like, you can drive to it, go through the drive-thru, or is it like in... Uh, Sarah uh, and I have tried to do this. It seems like you can go there, but when you get there, you're like, where is it? I don't understand. <laughs> this is weird. We're talking about Chick-fil-A that is like hard to, f- a mysterious <laughs> I know Chick-fil-A. People, people like <laughs> listeners back home in Pennsylvania are like, I'm eating Chick-fil-A right now. I've had it three times this week. <laughs> and the, the only Chick-fil-A we have close to us is like uh, buried in a hill. It's in Russia, Moscow. You, you can't even find it. Oh boy. I, I had no idea. I'm probably going to drive there and go, but I got a napkin from Chick-fil-A. Oh, I'll take that. Oh, there you go. Yeah, Sarah will That's like the thing that I got. You can, uh, uh, my permission to sell that on eBay. And I don't, I don't like food, but I like Chick-fil-A. Yeah. I mean, it, it, to fatten you up, all we got to do is get a Chick-fil-A in Spokane. Now to so fatten me up, what, what you gotta, need is yes. a burger. Ah, uh, yes. We've a, discussed because chicken, chicken just doesn't have that. Chicken doesn't have it. Yeah. Well, um, I but feel. We'll get into that later. That's we, one of my mental models that we're going to discuss. <laughs> How David relates to chicken um, and food and food. So um, that's it. That's my vacation. Um, I had it? fun. I had you had. I hope you had fun with me. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Or oh, you let down. Do you speak Spanish now? Yes. Are you a Presbyterian? El Presbyterio. No, I'm not. Okay. I no. thought maybe maybe this trip would have changed you. No, I, I mean, it's I know. I mean, you being a Presbyterian in a land full of Baptists, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I kind of know what it feels like to be, you know, kind of like marginalized because I was the only white guy in like a hundred miles down there in El Paso. <laughs> so I now know how you feel being alone. I don't know how to respond cold, to that. Cold and alone wow. and with no one to talk to. I now know how you feel. Do you want to start not, the show? What? Do you not talk to black people? <laughs>
<laughs> We're starting the show now. Admittedly, in Spokane, it's hard to do. <laughs> There's just not that many of them. (laughs) Slow down their trigger. Okay, we're starting the show. Bye. I said bye again. I did that last week. The podcast you are about to hear contains the histrionic and problematic conversations of a stodgy Presbyterian and a casserole-loving Baptist. Their interactions are volatile at times and unpleasant most of the time. In many nations, this is considered a mild form of torture. We strongly advise you to stop this nonsense and go do something useful with your life. Otherwise, if you insist on listening to this mess, welcome to the lightest form of flogging. Thank you, Deep Voice Man. I also welcome you to the lightest form of flogging podcast, episode 37. I am your host, Jim Briggs, who reveals way too much about his personal life on this show <laughs> and sitting across the room from me in a contractually negotiated 29 and a half feet is your charming co-host David McCookie Yay. who is a part-time life coach his best advice to me was the day he told me and I quote Jim like a tortilla you need to wrap yourself around the spicy taco meat of life eat that baby up and live it son live it end quote and that was the best advice you ever gave me, David. So thank you for that. What is that from? It's from you. You, uh, I made that one up. Not everything is an office <laughs> reference, David. Wow. Sometimes you got to create your own jokes. Oh, I've been doing that. Well, that's what we did. Hey, uh, now most of my office references go unnoticed. I, well, I'm sorry. I've made three already today. <laughs> I'm not kidding. I'm sorry. I, I do my best, but my best isn't good enough. Well, it's it, kind of a game for the listeners. It is. Or at least Chris Ragsdale. How much Jim doesn't get. Is 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 what, the, is the what main won't game. Jim notice? What won't Jim notice? Uh, do you want to get started with our follow up? Absolutely, I, I have do. the I have the uh, the the market share, the lion's share, as the you lion's would say, share, yeah. the majority market share of the the follow up. Do you have anything? Oh, you do. I do. do. You have the death of memes. I I want to know what that is. Can the you day go the first? memes died. I can. What do you want me that? to go first? Yeah, go ahead. I can go first. Is that it? Would you is like me to go all first? All you have. You know, I listened to the two episodes. I listened to the last two episodes like four times in the last two weeks. David, uh, why? Because I was editing and then I needed to pick titles and then, oh, 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 oh. anyway, I Not, don't really have much of anything. Oh, maybe that's because you're I'm just too familiar with the episodes or, or maybe it's not. But what I do have is today is okay. the day that the memes died. Today oh. uh, is March 26th. <laughs> what are you even saying? This sounds uh, sad. And the European Union uh-huh. passed laws today uh-huh. that will likely mean the death of copyrighted material in memes oh uh, because all have you meme, heard about this no but like pretty much i guess you're right all, almost every meme unless it's completely created oh, yeah, by yeah. you is ripping something well, one off. does not simply make an original meme no <laughs> why do that when there are so many great ones already made for okay so that's interesting yeah, so so they passed uh two two big laws wow. but one of them is is memes and i thought that you should know about this because you left facebook during a time when like it was all going to go downhill anyway. I'm like, already, I, don't, I don't know why I'm going to be on Facebook if I can't use memes. I'm already dead inside. I mean, no. technically I can use memes. They just might get deleted instantly by whatever platform I'm sure. So this is to. the European Union though. Is that, yeah. is that what you said? Yep. So like in Europe, if I were in Denmark, I couldn't, I don't know if they're part of the European Union, but I, so someone in, I was about to say Britain, but I can't say that. Actually, Germany. You can, they're still in the union. Technically. Yes. Yeah. So right now a Brit Shares a meme. Uh, doesn't matter know, who it is. Doesn't matter who it is. What happens to that person? Th- nothing. The issue is the platform. So, so the issue is right oh. now, if Reddit, for example, because mm-hmm. Reddit is the, the, 
the fountain of all meme hood. Um, <laughs> if, if, if somebody uploads a meme to Reddit and it has uh, Aragorn in it okay. asking one, you're you know, saying. saying one does not simply uh, Aragorn. <laughs> you mean Boromir? The company, no Aragorn. Um, <laughs> the company that made it yeah. can sue Reddit. So now Reddit is incentivized. Well, they just delete, to delete it. Okay. I see. And well, that's regardless of whether it's to a U.S. or a, you know, from or to a U.S. person. Yeah. Uh, so all these platforms have to, start deleting yeah, it's going to be really right? interesting to see if they actually wow. do or if they just wait to get the lawsuits and then start or but but memes are more in jeopardy than they ever have been <laughs> in, ever before do you and think that's America, like our main marketing method it's our main method of communication so what's going to happen to america i mean is i mean here's why i'm saying this what laws weren't there before this i mean surely there was some sense of copyright infringement in the european union right basically it was fair use oh I think but like unspoken fair use. Yeah. Cause I mean, I don't think there are a well, law would like, exist. that would say you can rip this thing off. The issue is that I think before now it would have, the, the legal responsibility would have fallen to Jim Briggs for sharing the meme. Mm-hmm. Now it falls to Reddit for uh, hosting the platform on which it's shared. And while there's no sense in going after Jim for making the meme because he doesn't have any money. Uh, and, and that's that. And that's why they would never do it. Yeah. I mean, it, it okay. would just be, you'd, you'd be suing like billions of people. Yeah. And making little, very little money on each of them. But now if you, if you go after yeah. Reddit or Facebook or Twitter, well, Twitter doesn't have any money either. Yeah. Uh, if you go after them though, you, you can clear maybe 30 cents per person. That, that all adds up, you know? Yeah. I mean, just ask <laughs> the lawyers. They're happy. <laughs> yeah. They're, they're funny. Well, that's, uh, that's sad. It is so sad. It is so sad. I feel bad for our Danish friends. I don't even know if I'll be able to make, we might have to censor my office references in the EU. <laughs> Um, all right. Well, that was a splendid uh, edition of follow-up. Uh, speaking- not really follow-up. I guess it's just news, but I, I thought it was worth mentioning. Oh, now you're infiltrating the follow-up section with news. I've done it once before, too. Yeah, the, the, just, we're just counting down the days. Um, but it's like follow-up when- on all the memes I've made. I mean, it's it's kind <laughs> of vaguely follow-up-y. Well, anyways, um, another... Uh, let's move on to my stuff. Uh, I was listening Your issues, to... Yeah. Uh, on vacation, I was listening to one of the episodes. Uh, the episodes where I think... Uh, I loved those episodes. I think uh, those ep- that the, I think was the first episode. I can't remember the one on meta thinking or the one on mental models. Either one of those exposed a two sets of books thing. Hmm. We you slightly address it in the episode. This was uh, when I said uh, that I am generally uh, suspicious of people's motives, uh, sp- suspicious of new ideas, suspicious. I'm mm-hmm. just suspicious, so I kind of hold back my intellect in apprehending some things because I'm just, I'm just suspicious of what's going to happen. I love that phrase that you just used. Can you tease it out? Hold back your intellect in apprehending things. Well, um, I think I'm trying to remember what I said, but, uh, holding back, um, an acceptance of a new idea Mm -hmm. because I don't know the length, height and breadth and width of it. Mm -hmm. And if, if I, if I let it in, um, something will happen out of my control that, that I will be changed irrevocably forever. I'm using kind of hyperbole here, but right. uh, well, so you need to stop that. Well, <laughs> um, I'm just quoting you. Okay. Um, and, but I also on another part of the episode said that I tend to be really trusting depending on what it is of what I read. Right. Like I just let it, I just soak it in like a sponge. I think more it's, I trust the motives of the authors Right. You said that. I said that. And I'm like, that doesn't make sense. That's kind of, those are two things that I believe. Mm-hmm. And I'm having trouble um, synthesizing that. 
Mm-hmm. Um, it's kind of a contradiction a little bit. Yeah, kind of. Is. You mentioned it. it kind of, and I think, yeah, I think uh, you're, you're putting a finer point on it right now, though. Well, I mean, I, I tried to think like, well, how can I how can I balance the books here mm-hmm. instead of keeping two different sets of them, which is something that I I've we've established that I sometimes do. Mm-hmm. And I don't think I can figure that out. Mm. I the the we talked about in the episode that it might be depending on what I read if it's from someone that I already agree with mm-hmm. like I had this with Crossway for a while if Crossway published it and being the new Calvinist that I am oh of course mm-hmm. I mean I, I I don't have a critical spirit towards that book but if like IVP University Press mm-hmm. the stuff they publish now I think I have a deep suspicion of what they well, publish I, I do too they've changed <laughs> quite a bit right. they used to be different um, like Baker publishing, I think is another one of those stories where they published lots of really good solid stuff and then they just kind of started to drift and now they're not what I they think used you're talking to be. about publishing companies. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. As somebody who were, used to work for one. Yeah. That's pretty much the industry. Um, that might've been it, but I think overall I just seem to have this contradictory, these two contradictory impulses. And mm-hmm. I just wanted to point that out that that's kind of weird and I still can't really fix it. Yeah. You know, I don't know. I don't know what that is. Would you say it's related to tribalism? Like it's almost, it's not even necessarily that you, I'm asking this as a Mm -hmm. question, but it's more of a statement because if I were to try to make it a question, it would be too long. And by the end I'd end in a question mark and you'd be like, wait, what? (laughs) Um, But would you say you like, like you like uh, John Piper and John Piper recommends a book by Jared Wilson. Mm -hmm. So you read the Jared Wilson book kind of with the John Piper sense of approval. Yeah. Um, you know, he gave his endorsement. So maybe my critical sense is lessened or not right, there at all. Right. Whereas uh, if, if you were to just be handed a book by mm-hmm. Thomas Watson, you would have, or, 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 you know, pick a guy who's not on my side, pick like, a, a like Bethel to- guy or like whatever. Thomas Watson. But yeah, a Bethel guy. Yeah. Well, but you're, you're more suspicious of, of Watson because you know, he believes a bunch of things that you don't believe. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so in that sense, it feels so like I, I, I can relate to this yeah. and it feels almost more like, tribalism like it's, mm-hmm. it's more about it's not about the ideas so much as it's about the people yeah maybe that's it yeah it's like it's like he's not in my group mm-hmm. like like mm-hmm. jared wilson is in my group but this new guy that i haven't heard any endorsements from from the people who are in my mm-hmm. group and have sway in that group mm-hmm. uh i i don't know about him yeah and um, it's almost a spectrum too because like kevin DeYoung, for example is somebody that like bandied about in some new Calvinistic circles. Yeah. But he's not, he's not John Piper. No. Yeah. That's an interesting way to tease it out. Um, That's probably part of it. Mm. Definitely a big part of it. And I'm glad I mentioned that because you kind of helped me think about it though. I do what I can. (laughs) I do what I can. So I I guess I just need to be a little bit more suspicious of what I read, Mm -hmm. Uh, Mm -hmm. uh, which I need to get better at. So uh, it will, it will destroy you. (laughs) It will destroy you. Yeah. (laughs) David just issued me a warning. Don't, don't, don't do it. You'll never be happy. You'll become like me. You'll become like James. So in no particular order, let's do another one. Uh, The next uh, thing of follow up. um, It looks like David, that our beloved listener, one of our beloved listeners, longtime listener. All of our listeners are beloved. They're all beloved. Uh, but uh, one that has been listening from the beginning. Mm-hmm. Uh, when mm-hmm. she talks, we listen, don't we? At Is least this... I do. Do you? <laughs> we're talking I don't about, know who we're talking about. We're, so. we're, talking, we're talking about Bab. We're talking about Beth Ann. So ah. she, mentioned, she mentioned on our Slack that the good doctor, uh, Martin Lloyd-Jones, who made an appearance two episodes ago, speaking mm-hmm. with mm-hmm. David about Star Wars, uh, said something about himself. What did he say? He's did, the doctor of the church. Doctor of the church. She took issue with Didn't that. I say, did I not say, isn't that Jesus? 
You did say that was a retort, I think. Okay. That you, I'm trying to remember if it made it to the episode or not. But Martin Lloyd, Martin Lloyd Jones said it. Right. That, we can establish that. Well, yes. And 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 a, a version of Martin Lloyd Jones come back from the grave said it in the last episode. Some apparition two ago. that sounded like. Right. It was very ghost-like. I right. hear. I wasn't there. No, I was. Uh, I was playing the part of Saul. <laughs> Um, so he said that and, uh, and, uh, our Slack listener, but then took, uh, took issue with it and, uh, would like Martin Lloyd Jones to address it. Oh, is he going to address it? I think he should. Zounds. Uh, now, uh, there's a restraining order he has against me, so I can't be in the room when he does this. So I'm just going to get up. How leave. many old dead theologians have restraining orders against you? <laughs> well, one? One Martin two, Lloyd Jones does. Uh, three? <laughs> no. Four? Uh, no. <laughs> Five? Okay, relax. Um, can, can I finish? Okay, yes, please. Six? Seven, eight, nine. What are you even doing? I don't know. I'm sorry. Okay, okay thank you. Well, I'm going to get up and leave, and he's going to come in. Can we All do right. that? Yep. Can you take we care? We need to of, do it briefly, though, because I take, just counted it slowly. Can you take care of this for me? Yeah. Like I'm going to trust you to deal with him. Yeah. Yeah. And to make sure. Beth oh, is Anna's, he is this, he rambunctious today? I don't know. You never know with him. He's crusty. He's old. He's Welsh. Who knows? Mm-hmm. You know, he's, well, he's never smiled before. Mm-hmm. Much like you. You're the he's perf- never smiled before. You're the perfect. I've I, never you're seen, thinking of John MacArthur. I have never seen a picture of him smiling. There weren't that many pictures being taken back then. True. But like, does it? Did, Think about it's it. It's not like he had an Instagram. Does he sound like a guy who ever would? He doesn't seem like a guy who would do an Instagram duck selfie. <laughs> where, where, what are we doing? <laughs> what are we even doing? Well, I'm going to get up and go. Yeah, okay? you get him. Okay. It looks as it appears that I have to address something on this stupid show. And yet I'm here. I am sitting down talking to you, David McCookie, a Presbyterian upstart. You think I'm happy about upstart? <laughs> and uh, and let's just get this over. So, All right. So what, what am I here for? Tell me now. Uh, my Tell understanding. Now. I'm, I'm telling you. I'm, my understanding <laughs> is that. You yes. on the last show called yourself a doctor of the church. Well, I which am is a, a doctor of the church. I am a doctor of the church. Term that was never historically doctor. applied to you. Do you dispute my doctor? I, I mean, it's hard for me to argue that, that you're a primary source. Indeed. So well, well, it appears, it appears. I said I was a doctor, and I, I may have added an embellishment. Right. An embellishment. Mm-hmm. I said I was a doctor of the church. Right. Well, I'm a doctor. I'm a part of the church. Maybe I'm not a doctor of the church. That's actually a really good point, though. Like a doctor of so the was, church. It was like, like it was an expression. Like I'm David of the Pennsylvania. Yeah, yeah I wasn't. I wasn't claiming I was a. I had a doctorate issued by some seminary, right? Like Trinity, right? Or Southern Baptist University, Louisville, right? I was just saying I was a doctor who happened to be in the church, and I have a nickname. Do you mm-hmm. have a nickname? I uh, other than the Presbyterian, not upstart, one I can say on the show. Well, I have a nickname too. Do you know what it is? Uh, they doctor. Call, they call me the Doctor. Yes, right. I do. Doctor Who? Is it no? No, they call me the Doctor. Doctor Who? A British show. Just the Doctor. Very proud who of. does that? I'm very proud. What? Never mind. Okay, and I think that's what I was trying to say. Okay, I'm the Doctor, and I. I, 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 I the you are of the church. Yes. I'm of the church. That's okay. what I'm trying to say. It, How dare you disagree with me? I did not. Can I leave now, please? Could you? I'm getting up and I'm leaving. I'm never coming back again. Okay, never? goodbye. All right. All right, I'm back. I hope that wasn't too weird because I heard shouting. Right. Okay. It wasn't well, me. Well, he just, he just, he just, he just jumped down the stairs and left. He jumped. He, he's wow. angry. He's a sprite fellow. Yes. Um. Lastly, Sprightly? Sprightly? Uh, lastly, Sprightful. our, uh, uh, speaking of Welsh speaking people. Um, no, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> um, uh, so, uh, looks like, um, this is not the Australian. No, this is, uh, 
<laughs> he's not Australian. You know those aren't really. <laughs> he, he's not Australian. He's German. Uh, German, right, German speaking her. listener of ours who also happens to be a host of a show that David also happens to host called the Tech Reformation Podcast. Right. Uh, Craig, one of the hosts, uh, German speaking. I think it's uh, pronounced Craig. What? Never mind. <laughs> okay. I think I might have missed a joke. Uh, he, um, he mentioned on the show, which I'm sure he was really glad that you kept in. Um, that uh, the end the 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 end music or the outro music on our show the intro music yeah the intro uh, mu- intro music uh, was a little weird uh, I can't remember what exactly he said that he said that <laughs> he just thought he, was he weird- likes it but it's long he was weirded out that I play the whole thing right right <laughs> he said he said I have no idea why he does. <laughs> Uh, yeah, that's true. Uh, our uh, the the end song that we close the show with. We do that. I play the whole thing, right? And one of the reasons why I did that is because our show kind of has to be a little weird, anyway. Yes, our show does things a little bit differently. I am not. I am the worst candidate for editing the show that there ever has been oh, for well, any podcast. But what I'm trying to say is I don't know podcasting rules, right? I listen to some, but I don't know as much about podcasts as you do. You're Mr. Podcast. Like whenever, like when we were, I mean, I do host like nine shows. (laughs) You do (laughs) soon to add more, I'm sure. But like when you and I were planning this show, Mm -hmm. when we were sitting in uh, Einstein's bagel, which is no longer a thing, it's no longer a thing. So sad. Um, when we were playing I mean, in, the show, in, in our town, I would, yeah, in Spokane, Washington, I had a couple of ideas that I would pitch to you, right? And you would just kind of give me a look. <laughs> you know, it's funny you because you didn't say no, right? But you didn't say yes. And you're like, well, Jim, um, no one really does that. <laughs> you know what's funny is like, I don't know. I feel like you. <laughs> That that dynamic of I'm the one who knows podcasts and you're not was not pl- present in any of our planning sessions. <laughs> like it was something you were aware of. It wasn't something I was aware of. And oh, right, yeah, this isn't something that you're you're telling me, right. making it known. This is something I'm very much well aware of. But there's like a there's a lot of things that I wanted to do in this show that I don't think are done in a whole lot of podcasts. Yeah, and I like that because it makes us unique. One of the things was how about I just find a really neat song that's mm-hmm. also kind of weird and play the whole thing as an outro. Right. And I just did it. There are podcasts that do that. And no one has said anything up until uh, when I saw that recently. Oh, my, my wife comments regularly. I think <laughs> in the negative, I'm assuming. Uh, kind of. Okay. Well, <laughs> she just skips it now. Well, this is the thing. If no one, if, if people have a problem with it, I figured they would just press stop. That, does, that doesn't. Because it's the end of the show. Yeah. Yeah, so they well, don't we, have do, to, we do the Marvel thing. No, we're, we're not forcing it at the end. I know. That's a treat for those who do listen to it. Right. But you can also fast forward it. Right. So it's just, it's just a weird oddity thing that I think I'm going to keep. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't have a problem yeah. with it. I just, <laughs> some people have mentioned, uh, one person in particular mentioned on a stack that he, he hated it at first and now he likes it. Right. Um, that's just the way it goes. My friend back to work with Marilyn Mann does this. Okay. Uh, they have a song that they play at the end. I don't think it's quite as long as ours, but it's close. Yeah. I mean, if, if there is going to be a song that you play the entirety of, I hope it's one of ours. What I would like, cause it's kind of nice. It's a, it's a nice little song. What I would like is for somebody to write and, and perform <laughs> a lightest form of flogging song yes. that we could put at the end. Uh, someday uh, accidental tech, a number of podcasts have this accidental tech podcast has their, own, their little, own song. It's like a minute long or so. Someday. And it goes through the, the co-host names and sure. their website and what have you. Well, someday someone will uh, fire up their MIDI sequencer and make us a song. So MIDI sequencer. Nice. What? No, you just you just said some uh, some inside knowledge. I'm there. just so worried that you're going to criticize me for things. 
So I just get a little scared. Jim, I think you're paranoid. I'm sorry. Was that good? <laughs> well, that's the end of uh, follow up. The song stays. It will be played in its entirety at the end of our show. If you do not like it, press stop. But if you want to listen to it, you are rewarded. I usually put in something at the end. Yeah, like 70, 90, 70 to 90% of the time. I think okay. that's called 80, but yeah. Oh, okay. Well, um, uh, another weird thing that I like to do on the show is take forever to get into our main topic. Yeah, we're only 40 and, minutes into our recording. Yeah, we're only 40 minutes to recording. So you want to talk about our main topic? What is our main topic? Well, we're going to extend um, the theme that we have discussed in the last two shows. We started off talking about metacognition, mm-hmm. which led us into talking about mental models or thought technologies, which admittedly uh, post show and thinking about it, there might be more of a distinction between those two mm. than I initially thought. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to be focusing on mental models right. today and thought technologies. will just, I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen to our thought technology theme, but we'll just have to see where it goes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But anyways, we're going to uh, talk about, uh, mental models that we know are silly, yet we still have. Yep. <laughs> and that's what we're going to do today. And we're going to continue on this theme, I think, for a couple more shows and talk about different things. But today, we're going to talk about the silliness that is our minds. Mm-hmm. Now, can I just say something right off the bat? Mm. Never mind. Yeah, um, go ahead. <laughs> I should have known better. Every time I ask David a question, he'll never answer it. That's, that's what, not that's true. A thing you do. Really? Most of the time, you, yeah, you do a thing. I don't even think you know you do it. Mm. It's like a, it's like a, it's like an authority thing. You want to? No, no, no. I don't like when you ask yes you, or no you questions. You want to put your, your, your boot on my neck. I do want to do that, but this is unrelated. <laughs> it's usually that you ask binary questions, and I can't, I can't even abide by the principles of the question because of how different we are. Well, that is our show, so I guess I have to deal with it. Um, here's what I want to say. I think we mentioned when we talked about metacognition that. It is something that you do not naturally do. One does not naturally meta something Hmm. because we're usually stuck in the way we normally do things or our mind works in the simplest way first. Meta is like kind of stepping outside, transcending your mind a little bit and, and critically thinking about how you critically think. It's critically thinking about how you think it's, it's reimagining how you think about something and trying to figure out where I went wrong. What kind of assumptions do I have that are faulty? That's hard to do. Yeah. I was thinking the other day that in order for one to do that, sometimes you need outside help, mm-hmm. like a life event that kind of shakes you or somebody to talk to someone that kind of says, you know, Jim, I think you're, or David, you're thinking about this in a wrong way. Why don't you think about it this way? And you kind of go, ah, you or know, a terrible way. podcast, a terrible podcast kind of causes you to meta think your right. way. Like, why am I doing this? Why am I listening to the show? Right. I thought that this is kind of difficult to do. The whole point of today's show is to do one big meta think right. about mental models that are silly or faulty or too simplistic, bad mental models. Mm-hmm. Well, what's, what's, isn't that the thing about mental models though? I mean, are we aware of all of our mental models at once or all, uh, are we aware at will? Could we pull up a mental model? Like, like, like I have an Excel spreadsheet right here, like an Excel spreadsheet in my mind where I have categorized the good ones versus the bad ones. Right. I haven't really done that. Because yeah. if, if I, if I was, if I was confronted in my little mind, in my theater of the mind of a Whoa. bad mental model, where did Martin Lloyd-Jones come from? Generally speaking, I would say, oh, that is a weird way of thinking about this. I should change it. Right. You know, or I should, I should, uh, I should amend how I think about this and make it better. Mm-hmm. Well, today we have to point out ones that we still have and right. ones that we know. This is harder to do than I thought. That's See, all I wanted to say. I feel like you've collapsed the question into uh, silly 
slash wrong and bad because silly slash that's wrong, what we're talking about today right you silly slash wrong doesn't always mean bad like like you, you can have a wrong mental model of something that is silly that you still use because it's useful or, or maybe it's not even hmm. silly but it's just it's outright wrong and, and and you know of cases where if you were to feed data into it you would get the wrong results so are you talking about a mental model that I know is silly, but I get a correct conclusion out of it? Yeah, that you find useful still, at least for your purposes. And maybe eventually you'll need to reevaluate it because that that thing becomes so complicated that your simplistic model isn't helpful. Well, I should I deserve a pat on the back because I actually did it today. I thought of <laughs> I thought of some mental models. Yeah, you models. have a bunch of stuff here that's like, please help me. I have <laughs> serious problems. David is referring to our show document that him and I add to. Which we refer to all the time and never share with the listeners. We prepare for the show. I listed some of mine. David listed some of his. That's what he's referring to. Well, I don't know. I I think I kind of did it where I thought of some. Yeah, I mean, ways are really interesting ways of thinking about something that doesn't really get me a good conclusion. Some of them might, Mm -hmm. but that's what I thought we were talking about today. Yeah, I feel like. uh, So I wasn't listening. Well, the problem is that you were in Mexico. Uh, in Mexico. And I was speaking English. I was tearing <laughs> I was tearing down a wall. You couldn't yeah, you couldn't hear me over the wall. I was playing around in the Mormon temples. No, I mean it's with my special underwear. It is interesting that we came to two different conclusions. It it could have been me being oh, unclear. We, we've never done that before. What? We do this every third show. I thought you're baptized kids now. Where we prep for the show and you are in one place and I'm in the <laughs> other. And it just happens to work out. Yeah. Well, anyways, let's just start it. So um so that's what I got. So, so here's the plan is we, okay. we have a list here. We have two lists. Could you two sets of lists really? Um, and the plan is that we are going to ask each other about the ones that we find interesting about the other. Mm-hmm. So would you like to start or should I? All right. So I'm going to start. I'm going to ask you about one of your mental models. All right. I guess that is silly, weird, simplistic, whatever you want it to be. I'm just going to hear it and accept it. Okay. Okay. But you it's wrote, correct. You typed out. It's paid baptism. A mental model. Would you stop? A mental model called Future Me, Past Me. Uh huh. It's a mental model that David McCookie utilizes. So please, I'm curious about that. Tell me how that works for you. So everybody thinks I've of heard enough. No, I'm kidding. What they're going to do in the future and what they've done in the past, obviously, mm-hmm. right? Slaves to our past. Um, but there is a kind of way of thinking about this that I find very helpful specifically in the field of productivity. Mm-hmm. And I got this concept first, like solidified for me from CGP gray. I think I mentioned him before mm-hmm. in the cortex podcast. I have no idea what episode. Okay. Uh, otherwise I would put it in the show notes. Oh, I'm sorry. Our listeners are so upset. Um, well, I know some do listen to cortex and might be interested, but anyway, um, two of them. The, the essential idea is that you recognize that who you are right now with all of the intentions mm-hmm. and desires and uh, things that you believe right now may not be who you are in five years or even in five minutes. Okay. Like, so the, the idea, I mean, and we all recognize this to some degree. It's why we set timers and reminders for laundry, right? Mm-hmm. Like, like current me, David, is very concerned with remembering to put the wash in the dryer. Mm-hmm. But 45 minutes from now, me, David, is going to be very much obsessed with whatever work project I'm working on and Meaning, will not be thinking about the laundry. Okay. So I am putting something out in the world to remind future me of this so that I can basically become present me in terms of thinking about. So always thinking ante- about this thing. Continually anticipating the thing that five minutes ago you said was really important. 
And, and almost like thinking of yourself as a different person. Like I have to get that guy, whoever that guy is, I have to get him to think about this and do the thing. Yeah. Uh, and it's obviously more, a more useful illustration of this is, is with events further out in time. Mm-hmm. Um, but this is one reason why like people will have uh, like lists of ways to, ways to evaluate themselves, mm-hmm. right? Like, am I a good husband? Am I a good father? Am I a good employee or whatever? And they'll go over that list of like criteria or whatever, once a day, once a week, once a month, once a year. And the idea is right now, I feel like I have some pretty good intentions. Like I have some pretty good Mm -hmm. motives. I feel, I feel good about the way that I'm, I'm being very intentional right now, but I know that as life goes on, I'm not going to be that intentional. Mm -hmm. So I'm putting physical artifacts in the world that I will encounter and go, Oh, I need to think about, I need to become that person again. I need to be mm-hmm. intentional. I need to see if I've drifted from the person that I set out to be. Uh, and so it can be, it can be with, with more like metaphysical, like who am I as a person and am I intentional? And, mm-hmm. Or it can be simple things. Again, I've, I've mentioned this on the show a hundred times. I think I've, I've heard about it from Merlin Mann first, probably, but like mm-hmm. leaving your gym clothes out the night before so that because tomorrow's so future you, David knows where they are. Right. So cause, cause future David is going to be lazy. The, 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 I re, I'm remembering something about this, so I might actually have it in the episode, but uh, CGP gray talks about how he actually has a, a second iPad. Like he has, he, he worked, he does a lot of his, this was things have changed for him now, but in this episode he was mm-hmm. saying, I have a, a, a home iPad and I have a travel iPad and the travel iPad always stays in the travel bag. The travel bag has an iPad. It has a charger. It has like everything that he would need to just go to a coffee shop and work. And it always has that in that in there. Mm-hmm. And every, every time when he goes to bed, every time, like he's always making sure that this bag is full and ready to go because if he needs to go somewhere to get stuff done, he just wants to be able to pick up that bag because he knows that like, if he can't find his shoes or if he can't find his iPad or if he can't find a thing, it's just going to like suck up his morning because he's self-employed and it's very easy to just let life stop you from actually doing work. Mm-hmm. And so he, he talks about how like, future me if if he encounters any obstacles toward going to work he's just gonna not do it because he doesn't have to mm-hmm. so i'm trying to remove those obstacles while right now i, I have more discipline and, and self-control uh to make things easier for future me but really like the reason that this is wrong is because i'm me like See, like you know I, don't, I did not expect you to say that this whole time maybe this is just my stupid understanding hmm like I was listening to you thinking, what is he doing? He's describing a mental model. That's like really awesome. <laughs> and it, that, I think it's very useful, it's, it's, but see, this is the thing. I'm like, we're all of my stuff is uh-huh. about how screwed up I am. <laughs> and you're over here. Like, well, let's talk about how efficient <laughs> this, and, uh, this miscommunication did not go well for the podcast. Let's talk about how efficient. Oh, no, I, I'm, yes. not, I'm not good at it. And like the reason this model exists is because I know that I'm not going to be yeah. the me that I want to be all the time. So like, but the, 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 this is the other thing is mm-hmm. that the problem with the model is it can be very easy to you're uh, absolve yourself of responsibility. Like, Oh, I didn't murder that person. Past David murdered that person. <laughs> well, <laughs> Current me would never do that. Who this, knows what future me model will do. went wrong in a way I did not expect. <laughs> it went really sideways, really fast. <laughs> this is going to put David in prison. <laughs> but you know what I'm saying? Like it, yeah. it's it's not necessarily something that you would do intuitively, or 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 that it necessarily flows from it. If you confine yeah. it to the field of productivity, it can be really helpful. Yeah. But as soon as you start to expand that and be like, oh no, there's three of me. There's past me. There's present me, and there's future me. Yeah. And I'm 
only responsible for what future me is doing right now. Yeah. And as soon as you accuse me of something, I can say it was past me. You know, this might just be your overthinking, you know, <laughs> affecting the, a really good mental model. <laughs> Maybe, but it's, it's one of those things that you yeah. just, you have to be aware of because yeah. it's, I don't know. It's, it's easy. It's really interesting as a Christian to not let the weight of your sin affect you. And any excuse that you have, you will use to avoid confessing sin before God and others, mm-hmm. you know, others as necessary. Um, and so I don't know. It's just something that I have to be aware of that. Like the, a lot of these models are like, how do I improve me? How, mm-hmm. how do I make myself better? And a lot of them by abstracting parts of me into, I'm going to operate this way on future me, or I'm going to operate this way on my brain, make it, make it harder to think of, of, of me as wholly and totally affected by sin. Mm-hmm. Because it's like, oh, well, my brain, my brain's going to do the bad thing. So I have to stop my brain from doing it. No, mm-hmm. David, I'm going to do the bad thing. I'm the sinner. Yeah. I, I, it's okay yeah. to think about this thing in this way for pragmatic reasons to plan. But I also, when I'm honest with God, need to not, not be like, well, my brain made me do it. Yeah. Um, this almost sounds like compartmentalizing. How it can it go wrong. Is. Yeah. You know, because uh, the, the, the religious aspect that you're speaking about, that's kind of how we avoid or, or that's what happens when we avoid confessing mm-hmm. is that we have gone through a process of compartmentalizing. We've done it so much that it's almost like, well, that person that sinned, that's not, that's not me. Right. doesn't feel like me. So the me right now is, is fine. Mm-hmm. You know, Mr. Hyde, it's a little bit different. That kind of sounds like what you're saying. Yeah. Like, I, can go wrong? I think it happens in, in much more subtle ways than the mm-hmm. more extreme examples that I'm talking about. But sure. But I, I think the, the more subtle ways are more like you just forget to confess sin or you forget to like you abstract, you start. I think that it's good to plan against sin. Like I think that mm-hmm. we we're given means of grace, but we're also given brains to plan it. You know, the, the, the drunkard shouldn't be walking by the alcohol store every day. Yeah. Like if he's still wrestling with this problem, he should probably find another way home. Right. It's, it's uh, meta thinking through your sin, <laughs> but, but he should also just like you, you, you also need to recognize that, you are, you, you know, all of your parts are you. <laughs> yeah. And even the guy who accidentally or rather on purpose walks by the liquor store. Right. You still have to resist it. And, and you have to be, you have to, there's a weightiness to sin that I think is, it's commonly lost in, in modern evangelicalism. Like sin is, sin is so, so, so much of our, our doctrine of sin is like, well, it's, it's not ideal. It's bad. It, it's not great. Uh, it really hurts us and it hurts others around us, but like it's cosmic treason and it's despicable. Any sin is. Mm-hmm. And, and if you, if you only think about it in these pragmatic ways, then, then your battle against sin is almost like a corporation battling for uh, a better EBITDA at the end of the year. Uh, uh, what? A better, uh, uh, it's the bottom line finances. Oh, okay. Well, I'm learning so many new things today. Well, David, uh, <laughs> I'm glad that that uh, wonderful display of efficiency and productivity, uh, uh, you did admit some things about it. So I feel, I feel like I, I don't feel as bad about what we're about to do, which okay, is talk I about wanna, me. I want to talk about one that you have at oh. least to some degree overcome then. Oh, could we? Yeah. Let's do it. I think that would be helpful. Right. Uh, you have a lot in here. I'm just going to play with my thorn over here. <laughs> my goat's head. You, you describe yourself in the past, like past Jim. 
We don't have to worry about We've insulting him. We've talked about past Jim, haven't we? We, we have. We well, give the him a old name. Dumb Jim. Dumb Jim. Yeah. But that, that's the thing, that's right? That's a metal model. Like, like remembering not only that old Dumb Jim mm-hmm. did those things, and that those are things that Christ had to die for, so mm-hmm. that current Jim could stand before God, but also that there are things that current Jim might be prone to. Like mm. the current Jim needs to think about like, Oh, if I did that once I could do it again. Oh, there's a couple of those. Um, but anyway, you describe yourself in here kind of as the Trump wearing, like huh? the Trump hat wearing, Oh, uh, Republican. Who's afraid of like the, the, the tribalistic yeah. Republican. I did have to walk away from Servetus and put on the MAGA hat. Didn't I? You did. <laughs> That's not what I'm referring to. I Can I just say just, when we play that again, I'll yeah. do better. Okay. <laughs> I have a much, I much it, better game. I did it my way. Right. And I didn't even know what I was doing. <laughs> I had no idea that you're supposed to just like torture me. Right. <laughs> and I just didn't let you. <laughs> no. <laughs> okay. Anyway, sorry. Keep going. Uh, um, so I was, uh, I was at one point pretty uh, Sean Hannity, crazy Republican, right? Yeah. So, about that. so I guess the, the mental model that you had there was an Ober, an Ober, an oversimplification of the the opponent, the well, the other yeah. side. You mentioned tribalism. Tribe. Yeah. That seemed like a really good way to describe. I mean, there were two tribes really. Mm-hmm. There was the tribe I was in, and then there was the enemy the tribe. Dems. The the enemy tribe. And on the one hand, it was uh well, in one way it was easy to describe everyone on my side as just this one monolithic commune that, that everyone thought the same way. Mm-hmm. And it was easy to do that. I had no conception of like what libertarians could think like. Mm-hmm. I just thought everyone was just listening to Sean Hannity and that was just the way it goes. But um, I also did that to the opposing side, the, the, my uh, acquaintances I had on the left. I had to, at least when I started out in order to going back to the, what mental models are simplifying something that's complicated in your mind in order to just function. I had to, uh, I had to uh, categorize them. And I really had only one category for them. Mm-hmm. And it was just the worst I could possibly think about. And I think um, in thinking about this and how much I've changed, I look at how we, how Americans kind of politic today or think about politics or talk about politics. Mm-hmm. They do what I used to do, which is they oversimplify mm-hmm. themselves and they oversimplify um, their opponent. It seems like everybody has, everybody has a picture of the other side where yeah. like, like if you're a Republican, everybody that you're talking to is Bernie Sanders. Yeah. And if you're a, if you're a Democrat, everybody that you're talking to is Donald Trump. Yeah. And, and, and everybody on the other side. And I'm, and, and I'm saying that, uh, that's, I think that's, I think our brains do that not out of a malicious intention. Yeah. I think we naturally do that. That's like our instinct is to form groups and categorize because it just makes it easier. We're, 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 we're exercising a mental model. We don't have a way to think about the yeah. world without categories. Right. Like it, that's how we, we are have to people. do this. We yeah. have to do this. Right. And just unfortunately, I think our instincts betray us when it, in order to make it easier to fight an enemy, mm-hmm. you kind of want all of them to be in front of you and you want all of them to be where you can see them. And it's really difficult if like just small groups, of that enemy are scattered and you can't see them and they're going to lob arrows at you and don't even know it. Right. Which is basically reality. Um, so yeah, I, I, uh, I, I had to find an idealized sense of the, my people and an idealized sense of those people. Right. And I just, I just wrote it. 
I well, rode that wave. And like, this is how propaganda works, right? Like, like you get an army of people to go against the other army oh, yeah. by telling them that every soldier you encounter wants to rape your wife or, 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 you know, like, like kill all your children or, mm-hmm. or like commit these horrible war crimes. Like they're all Nazis. They're all Nazis. Yeah. I think I was, I think I, I think I was a victim of the propaganda. Hmm. If I can just be bold and say that, I think there is some propagandish tendencies on in any group to really preach and, and, and solidify a base. Mm-hmm. You kind of have to go a little bit extreme sometimes. And I think I just ate it up. You know, I think I was just a victim of the propaganda because my mental models were not complicated enough to account for the nuance. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, that was definitely something that I did. This might be a reason why I like confessions, I guess. I mean, I think, I think there are good reasons to want people to be reformed. We, ben, we had a big discussion on, about on. this on the Slack. Ben, I want you to just take a deep breath right now. But I'm talking about my personality here. Like, like let's ignore all the good reasons, the theological reasons, mm-hmm. uh, why somebody, why, why somebody like me might think everybody should hold a, a confession and ideally a reformed confession. You know, this is the only way we're going to get Ben Robin to drink a drinking Does game. Does he not drink? A drink oh, a, he's, he's, he's going to seminary. At he's the, going to seminary. So yeah. he, we do like a, a confessional drinking game. Every time David advocates for confessionalism, he takes a shot. <laughs> well, he could take a shot of Welch's grape juice. Right. No, that makes sense. We're talking about a Slack listener here, everybody. If you want to join in on the fun and watch people yell at David, join our Slack. Keep going. In the show notes. Um, so no, what, I, what I'm trying so to say is if everybody had a confession, there'd be three groups. <laughs> right. And obviously like you're going to get like, and people who hold to the Westminster confession may be amillennial or historic premillennial, or they may be uh post-millennial, but, but, but on the main issues, like we all know, like, okay. When I talk to guys who are Calvinist Baptists, but don't hold to any kind of a confession, I have no idea how they got there. Like, like, unless I talk to them for like half an hour, like I don't understand what they believe. Which, about is, a reasonable ex- which is a reasonable expectation, by the way. It kind of is, but like, I mean, why do you need to know everything right away? Well, I, 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 I guess I don't, but like, because you know, how do how do you account for the nuance in their group? I mean, well, but that's what I'm saying is like, if everybody held a confession, there would be a lot less nuance. And, and, and that's, there's part of my brain that, that connects with that. Like the argument, I'm know, making, the argument I'm making right now is not, this is, this is good. The argument I'm making is, I like categories. And so maybe that's a reason that I was drawn to confessions because if everybody held a confession, categories would be a lot easier. Yeah. I think, I mean, I mean, I'm certainly not, you know, giving you a hard time here because I don't like categorizing or I don't like simplicity. I, you know, we've talked about this before. I have stated that I like confessionalism and I would like for there to be an opportunity for me to move towards it someday. Mm Mm-hmm. Because I, 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 I see the benefits of it. I mean, there is great benefit in categorizing and making known complex things when it comes to theology. Why mm-hmm. not, you know, why not uh, express that in the form of a confession mm-hmm. uh, for people like me, us weird, you know, Baptist, Calvinist, weird people mm-hmm. that uh, you find so revolting. <laughs> Um, but, uh, so revolting that I do a show with you and talk to you on Slack <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> for hours. Yeah. For hours. Um, so yeah, I, I guess, I guess I see your, I see your point. And you asked the question, I'm going to, I'm going to try to answer this because you asked it and I, I, I answered, well, I guess there's nothing wrong with that, but there is something wrong with it. Mm. Um, you asked the question, like, why is it wrong that you would have to talk to somebody for mm-hmm. 45 minutes before you understand like where they're coming from on why they're a Baptist? And could, can I, can I just quick throw in some, a reason why I said that? Uh-huh. Because 
if I get into a room and there's 20 confessional people, let's say Westminster people. Right. Um, I'm willing to bet if I try hard enough, I'm going to find some differences of opinion. You, you absolutely are. But, and that, I mean, but they're all going to agree to certain things. What do you mean? Like essentials? I know the, you hate the, that word. No, what I, well, well like, essentials is defined not, by the confession. I know I'm not going to find, you know, person four who says, actually, I don't really uh, uh, subscribe to the justification of my faith alone. I know I'm not going to get that, but like, right. And I know I'm not going to get that generally, like, like with depending new on Calvinists. Right. Well, I mean, that's not a, that's not a thing, Jim. That's not a, what do you mean? New Calvinist isn't a thing. We don't talk about them. Right. Um, <laughs> no, but, but what I mean is like, you're, you're going to, all of them affirm that the old and new covenant are administrations of the covenant of grace. All of them will affirm that uh, people in the old Testament were saved. Like, like I can talk to a Baptist and not know if he thinks old Testament saints were saved by works. Like there's a, there's a decent chance. Like I'm not talking like 40% possibility, but maybe 20% possibility that if I'm talking to a Baptist and he may even be a Calvinist, that he believes old Testament saints were in some way like that. They weren't saved by faith. They were saved by faith plus works. Okay. Or, yeah. Or like there's a decent, especially a lay person. We're talking about our, our dispensational friends, right? Well, dispensational Ish. or just people who, who haven't, you know, or studied in, the issue that much. Yeah. Just Joe, um, Joe Schmo from third Baptist. Right. Uh, and, church. and, and, yeah. and, and I, like, I'm not, I'm not trying to attack anybody. That's really not what I'm trying to do. What, what I'm trying to say, actually, all of this is tangential. Okay. What I was trying to say is this show the is Bible is univocal. The Bible says one thing. Mm-hmm. So ideally all Christians would say one thing. Mm-hmm. Right. And <laughs> I mean, when on any given topic, I don't mean the Bible only says God exists and now you can close it. I mean, like on any, like the Bible only has one opinion on any, any, any given thing. It, it doesn't, it doesn't say, well, it could be this or it could be that. Who knows? Um, it either says a thing about it or it doesn't say anything about it. What about the things that it doesn't, isn't totally clear on? Well, but that, that's that, that then the confessions don't address those. Does it address, does it, I'm asking seriously here. Does it address like a lot of end time stuff? Like, you know, is it, is this, is this why that you can be a post mill or all mill in uh, in the Westminster world? This is a, if the Bible says one thing, <laughs> this is such a tangent. I think that the Westminster confession and the, the Westminster standards are implicitly post millennial. So then if, but is the Bible, not everybody is, who interprets is, the Westminster standards agrees with me on that. Is the Bible univocal about post-millennialism? Well, if let, let me put it this way, if it says anything about the millennium, it says only one thing. It doesn't okay. say all three things. Gotcha. It doesn't, it doesn't teach you all three things. So, is so it, yes, you, it is. It's just a question of which it's, which it's, I'm all millennial. Right. So then what, 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 where's my crime here? Why are you even, I'm not saying, you? I'm not saying that you have a crime. I'm saying there's something wrong because you and I disagree. Like, okay. like we wouldn't, it, we wouldn't disagree if there wasn't something wrong. And we got to be careful here. We're starting <laughs> to go down a hill. Like, like it is not, it is not God's best as, as I don't know who, who talks that way. Uh, it's mostly people who think you shouldn't drink alcohol, but it's not a sin, but it's not, it's not ideal for Christians to disagree on stuff that the Bible says one thing about. Okay. Because somebody is sinning, I'm whether it's you that. or it's me, somebody, somebody is wrong and somebody is sinning. So yeah. why is it not ideal that I would have to talk to somebody for 45? Because ideally there would be one position what about, and, and then second to that, ideally there'd be like three or four positions and you would be able really, to summarize that briefly. A really smart millennialist, though with, with impassioned opinions about right. what he thinks the Bible is univocal about. Right. I mean, what about that person? I mean, you well, kind of, that's what I'm saying. There, you there's have, three, you have to, there's you have, three groups. You have to talk that. to that person for about 45 minutes. But that's, that's what I'm saying is that the, there's, and the confessions don't address this. Like, like the point that you're making 
is is sort of tangential because the the confessions have gone out of their way at least the reformed confessions Mm -hmm. have gone out of their way to only address the things that they think the bible is clear enough on to put in a confession so like a millennial post-millennial that's not really a thing but let's take let's take paedo-baptism for example right like Mm -hmm. why are you a Mm paedo-baptist or why are you a baptist if i like the number of shades of baptist that there are in terms of like even like core principles, like what is baptism? Some people will tell me that baptism is a public profession of faith and it's nothing more than that. Some people will tell me that like, I don't know what to say about that. I just, I I don't know whose fault that is. I'm not saying it's anybody's fault. I'm just saying like you, you agree that like, I think you agree that it's not great that there are so many different positions and they are so different from each other. And so, even critical ways. Yeah. I don't like that. that. You kind of have to talk to somebody for a good 30 minutes yeah, I don't like before that. you really know. Okay. That's all that I was trying to say. And, okay. and confessions resolve that. They make it easy for me to say, Oh, on every like important issue that the Bible speaks clearly about, there are basically three positions. If everybody believed a reformed confession, then there would be basically three, three positions in terms of the, the major, like we might disagree on, on nuanced points. Uh, like all of the confessions are univocal on, on like, the end times eschatology, like, like not end times, the, the, the eschatological eschatology, the mm-hmm. things that happen after the millennium, after like the, the resurrection, mm-hmm. they all agree on the resurrection. They all agree on final judgment, but not all evangelicals do. Some people think that, uh, that, that, uh, Christians, uh, from not Christians, old Testament saints are in a weird waiting period. Some people mm-hmm. think that when Christians yeah. die, we go to a weird waiting period. Yeah. Um, I, I, how did we even get into this? Here's what I was going to say. I have a feeling that you and I will have to talk about this again someday Mm -hmm. because we did a a confessionalism episode Mm -hmm. and surely that shouldn't be the only one. Um, In order to salvage our topic, (laughs) we should probably get back to it. Yes. All all that I was trying to say, Joe. Okay. Is that is simplicity. Go ahead. That the, the simplicity of categories that confessions bring to the table, if everybody held them is something that appeals to me. Because, because like you were saying, we all, we all want to put people in categories mm-hmm. and, and sometimes that's good. And sometimes that's bad. I think it's bad typically when the categories are too rigid and when we hate everybody in the other category. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, for the record, I, I want that too. Yeah. Yeah. I want that too. I, I, I agree with you there. So the question is, how do we get back on track? Uh, so what was my mental model then? Your I mean, mental we, model, I we think, were, was... We were talking about oversimplification of, that I did with my right. with my left-leaning people. Basically, that there are two sides in the debate. That, that mm-hmm. I mean, I mean I, I'm mean, i trying to answer two. the question that you're asking about yourself for you, but <laughs> the way that you were describing it is... I love it when you do that. There, there are two sides. You're either a, mm-hmm. a crazy liberal or you're with me and we're going to build a wall. And I think I bought everything that was fed to me about why they're bad. Mm-hmm. All of mm-hmm. them are bad. Um, I think uh, I bought into the tropes that, you know, the, at the time, not now, but at the time that, you know, if you were liberal, you were probably godless. Mm-hmm. If you were liberal, you were probably the enemy of, some, in some way, uh, what we're trying to do as a church. Um, and we'll talk about religious stuff a little bit more later, but like the the, st- the stereotypes that, a Sean Hannity type person would throw against a Bernie Sanders type person. Mm-hmm. Um, I kind of fell into and I judged everyone on the, as a result of it because it made it really easy. I mean, it's really easy when um, if I'm going to complain or criticize le- uh, left, left leaning people, 
mm-hmm. if they all just think the same, because it just makes it easier. Well, and you don't have to yeah. listen. You don't have to listen because I already have it already. Right. I know what you believe. You're a, you're yeah. a crazy Bernie Sanders guy. Yeah. And, and that has caused so many problems. Also, I mean, I think left-leaning people, some think that way about conservatives too. We're all lumped. Oh, like, yeah. like if, oh, I, yeah. if, if I say I'm a conservative, I bet there's a large swath of left-leaning people that think I voted for Trump. In, in my experience, you know? I think it's wider and, and I listen and, and consume a decent amount of, of stuff from liberals that I actually respect. Yeah. But in my experience, I think their, their tribalism is less violent. And, and what I mean by that is they're what do less you mean by that? like, they're less visceral, like, like, I don't the, know, man, not, not all of them, but I think like, what about like the, the, the college group, the, the young 23 year old, uh, Bernie Sanders loving college person. That's a pretty big group. No, you know what I mean? It, it, it is. I it's hear getting this, even bigger. I, I'm, I'm struggling to articulate myself, but I think what I'm trying to say is there's a larger percentage of the Republican party that is visceral in their rhetoric against, uh, in their rhetoric against broadly speaking liberals and unwilling to consider that there are multiple facets. Um, whereas there, and, and versus the, the, mm-hmm. the percentage of the liberal, okay. you know, dem- democratic voting pe- people. But, but at the same time, I think that the percentage of liberals who do oversimplify and think that all Republicans yeah. are just Trump voters is larger. So, so I guess what I'm saying is, and this kind of makes sense because I think a lot of, a lot of Republican rhetoric surrounds fear, whereas a lot of liberal rhetoric doesn't, um, ah, man, it, see, I think one of the reasons why I'm like, I feel like this resistance boiling up in me, not boiling up. I'm just, I just, I want to resist what you're saying now, right? Because I think you're doing something now mm-hmm. that I have tried to do a lot less hmm. versus I think I would be more willing to say something like you just said back in my Sean Hannity days versus mm-hmm. now, right now, my mental model when it comes to how I view political uh, issues or political people, mm-hmm. I am trying to do less of what you just did. That's I'm, how I'm, I, that's how I move. All that I'm trying to do is say maybe like I'm percentages. Doing, I'm not trying to say yeah. like, if you show me a liberal person, I'm going to believe this about yeah. them. Well, I mean, this is, this is interesting to me because you've said something like this before. Mm-hmm. Where you know, I think for the most part, you're probably a conservative-ish guy, right? Conservative. I, 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 I politically yes. speak, just on the issues. Yeah. on the issues. If you looked at all the issues that we argue about, in I, politics, I find myself an outsider, but I, I do oh, right, lean okay. more conservatively, obviously, than than okay than liberal. Okay, so I hear that, and then I hear you say something like that. Uh-huh. I just kind of go, well, one, I don't know if I agree with it, but two, I kind of like it because that is the you're the kind of political person. I want to see more of, hmm. or I think I see more of now versus versus way back. Oh then. yeah. Oh yeah. There's there there a lot, like, like the, a third party yeah. candidate has a much better chance today than right. Than 10 I'm, years ago. Yeah, Like 10 years ago, the, the, the third party candidate would be irrelevant to me. Or yeah. if they were relevant, I would be probably like, well, you're taking votes away from my guy. Well, the sides are polarizing. So you must be destroyed. The, the, the sides are polarizing. Like, like, it's, it's almost like they don't know, like Republicans don't know that if they keep like they can keep making the, the, the passionate people more passionate. Mm. And if they do that, that's great. They'll never lose those voters. But right, as they right, do that, yeah. they lose people who are yeah. closer to the middle. Yeah. That I and think, it's the same yeah. on the other side. Like, like, yeah, perfect. Yeah. 
That's a great uh, observation. I think that's exactly what's happening right so the, now. So the rhetoric is more charged than it's ever been, mm-hmm. but there are more people who are like, I don't, I don't know. Like this guy sounds crazy. Yeah. <laughs> I'm afraid of that. I'm afraid. Cause I used to kind of do that, mm-hmm. get extreme in my observations of people um, or, or groups in order to kind of further solidify my, my identity in the tribe. Cause you kind of had to do that to show your, your membership, oh, yeah. Yeah. your membership card had to be like, I have all these credentials. You know, mm-hmm. I'm just a warrior. Hate all liberals, you know, they're all godless, you know. Um, and now I am so reluctant to do that. I think the Sean Hannity conservative looking at me would probably think I'm just the most worthless conservative oh, ever. Yeah. Yeah. And they probably do. Um, like I'm, I'm more worthless because I don't even vote. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I at least voted. <laughs> you did. Um, but uh, but I kind of like the place I'm in right now because I, if we're talking about mental models, I think I'm not saying that like everyone should be me. Um, um, but I think my my way, my mental models of simplifying the complicated mm-hmm. are allowing for more complicated things. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, the, I now I now have a concept of who libertarians are. <laughs> <laughs> I have a concept of, you know, more moderate left-leaning people, more moderate Democrats mm-hmm. that, you know, they're not down with the abortion thing. Or they might, you know, say, oh, I'm, I, I voted for Obama, but I have a gun on my hip. Right. You know, stuff like that. I'm trying to to make more room for them, you know, in my thinking. And when I do that, I'm not as like mad at when, you know, a left-leaning person says something dumb. I'm not like as mad at them anymore. Mm-hmm. I'm, like, I'm like, let's figure this out. You know, mm-hmm. maybe this is all just me trying to say I relaxed a little bit, <laughs> yeah. but we've mentioned my political um, evolution in a previous episode. And I just kind of want to tease that out a little bit more because everyone loves it when we talk about politics. Uh, I think we're talking <laughs> mostly about tribalism at this point. Yeah, we are. Cause, Cause you could do the same thing with Baptists and Presbyterians mm-hmm. or you could do the same. Oh, like, yeah. Um, I mean, Armenians and Calvinists like that's a, uh, oh, yeah. The only civil war that I had even any remote participation in, and it was yeah. ugly. Yeah. Really ugly. I don't really, uh, I don't know any Arminians right now that are just like, hate the fact that I'm a Calvinist, mm-hmm. but I'm sure eventually I will, you know, yeah. it's like, huh, I used to be that or it wasn't really, but, um, well, that is really a thing. That is really a civil war that we've been fighting forever and we're still going to fight it. Yeah. I have a mental model. It seems like the, the closer you are, the more minor differences push you apart in in general. Like, like, yes, we're both Christians, but Mm -hmm. I hate you because you're, I I, I mean, jokes are made about this. This is not unique to me, Mm. but like, you know, you're, you're not a Baptist or you're not Mm -hmm. a, like, like I, I almost hate you more because you're so close, but like, Oh, I don't want you representing me. Yeah. Um, Interesting. Which is what I said when you walked in the door. I said, oh, I don't, <laughs> oh, I don't know about this guy. Um, I have a, I have one I want to talk to you about. Okay. Another one, one that interested me. You mentioned uh, a mental, a Navy SEAL mental model. Oh yes. But I thought it was kind of interesting. Could you uh, explain what that was? So I don't know where I heard this, um, but everybody knows about the Navy SEALs that they're just these incredible machines of people. Like yeah. they are, they are. Can the, do anything. Yeah. Um, and part of that has to do with their training that they, they, they just go through training that if you go through it and you make it all the way through, you realize that like, whatever my, whatever my understanding of my limitations were, it's gone. Like mm-hmm. I went through things that I, if you had asked me before, I would have said no man can do. And, mm-hmm. and so now it's like, I don't know what my limitations are, but I know I haven't met them yet. So, you know, yeah. keep throwing stuff at me and I'll keep carrying it. Yeah. Like that can be trained. There is some, I think there are some, uh, some naturally gifted 
I'm sorry to interrupt you. No, um, go ahead. There are some naturally crazy people that are really well suited for being a Navy SEAL. Right. Like parts of their personality just lend to them, lend to the punishment they're about to receive and they can, they can negotiate through it. Yeah. I'm thinking of a guy named Marcus Luttrell. He wrote a book called Lone Survivor that was pretty popular a long time ago. They made a movie about it. Hmm. You ever heard of this guy? No. Lone Survivor? Well, I'm not. It's just a it's, a, it's a, it's a story about him and a, and his Navy SEAL team went in to do a mission. It went really bad. Everyone was killed except him and he survived. Hmm. While reading this book, he talked a little bit about what it was like for him wanting to be a Navy SEAL. And when he was a, when he was a teenager, him and his brother, he lived in Texas, mm-hmm. him and his brother, he said, um, just would casually, um, like, um, uh, in the place they were in, um, like the, um, he would, I'm struggling to say this. I should just say it. He would wrestle alligators for fun. <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, I would never, I mean, I just, I just, I just don't like spontaneously do something like that. I don't think he did this all the time. Like he wrote about uh, an instance where he did it mm-hmm. um, and it was just like nothing for him. Mm-hmm. I think that just, there are some personalities that just lend themselves well to being a psychopathic uh, Navy SEAL guy. Mm-hmm. He's one of them. But anyways, yes, training. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> I might edit that whole, whole thing out. I don't know. I just feel like saying it. Um. So... The, the mental model then for the SEAL of their own abilities is, this is what I've heard again. Mm-hmm. If you're a Navy SEAL, I'm sorry. I have no idea who you are. We like, have a lot of housewives that listen to the show and a lot of Navy SEALs. Uh, it's, yeah, we do really well among soccer moms and Navy SEALs. And Navy SEALs, yeah. <laughs> um, but but the, the, the mental model I was told they have is basically, I don't know what my limitations are, but I'm just going to keep pushing. Mean, like, 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 like limitations they, they physically. Know, they know what they are. They just don't care. Or they just seriously try well, and, every, and eliminate them. Every during training, every impression that they had of their own limitations was knocked down because they just they were able to keep going. Okay, and so now it's like, well, I don't, I don't know. I thought oh. I knew what a human was capable of. I now I don't. I know I have, like, I know that I'm capable of more than I ever thought it was, and I'm just going to keep pushing because you know what, my body will tell me when I'm dead. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and, and this is the, the, the metaphor here is, is really just surrounding that. Like, I don't know what my limitations are, so I'm just going to keep pushing until I find out this isn't working anymore. And it's obviously on a much less physical and much mm-hmm. smaller scale, but you don't fight any alligators. I, uh, not recently. <laughs> okay. Uh, it's all crocodiles. When you get to Colorado, a little plenty of opportunities for it. <laughs> um, no, but I guess, uh, the, the context here is I definitely grew up thinking, that my limitations were basically like 5% more than whatever I feel like I'm doing now. Maybe more, maybe less. Like, like I felt like I wasn't capable of much of anything and I wouldn't even, I I wouldn't try things because I was afraid to try. I was afraid to go out into the world and get a job. I was afraid to go to college. Like I, I legitimately stayed away from college because I thought I was too dumb to go to college. So you had a bad mental model back then. In other words, right. And, and uh, Sarah and I have talked a lot about this because this has come up in our marriage a lot where I have very, I, I, I wrestle with very low and I'm going to make all the Christian counselors in the room angry, very low self-esteem. Oh, yes. And, and obviously like there's the whole gospel thing and that's important that you believe that, that you are adopted, that you are you need uh, gospel center, that sucker. Right. We need the gospel center of this, but there's also like on the ground. If mm-hmm. you think that you have no skills professionally whatsoever, mm-hmm. that's going to be, make it really hard for you to find a job that pays yeah. more than burger flipping. And like, I was concerned that I wouldn't even be able to flip burgers. Yeah. Um, I might miss like, like my self-esteem was like six feet under and digging. 
<laughs> okay. And, and there were gospel reasons for that. And and the gospel came in and it really did help. But at the same time, I, I still to this day struggle with thinking like, oh, I can't do that. Like I could never run a business. I could never do this. I could never do that. I'm not smart enough. I'm not. And Sarah came from a background where it's kind of the, to a lesser degree, it's kind of the Disney model of like, you can do anything. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Like yeah. you can, you can do anything. Yeah. And I, I've that was thought everywhere. about, we've talked about this and I've thought about this a lot. And like, honestly that, like if you have to choose, just trust your heart, Sarah, it, it well, n- not just trust your heart, but you can do anything. If you have to choose between the, mm-hmm. you're probably not going to be able to do anything. Yeah. And the, you can do anything you if put you your just, mind to, if you just try and in work hard. Yeah. Yeah. Like of the two mental models, the latter one is more useful. The latter one gets you a job. What? And, and, and I know you, cause you're, a, you're, you're a conservative and you think that I'm crazy and that's fine. But well, also because I'm kind of more you in the believe former. what I believed. Go ahead. What, what was that? It's because I think it's because I still have a bit of that self-esteem stuff. And I've just, I'm mm. so jaded that whenever I hear that phrase, the latter, mm-hmm. the Disney, the Disney mental model, mm-hmm. I want to just vomit blood for five minutes, you know, cause I just don't think that's how the real world works, but I get what you're saying. It's not that it works or doesn't work. It's just that that's the mindset. The mindset is much more helpful going into the, a thing. Yeah. Like obviously if you're told you can do anything and you'll succeed at everything the first time, that's not helpful. But if you're told sure. you can do anything, if you work hard, you'll have a good shot. If you work hard. Yeah, that's that's a better that's shot. that's the truth of the mental yeah, the, model. The truth, yeah. Like that's 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 a better a better working model. Yeah. But I've had to to combat the self esteem issues. Yeah. Kind of just adopt the you know I could probably do anything. Like just I couldn't the, become the, a Navy SEAL. You just gotta, I couldn't become a professional yeah. football player. Like obviously I have my limitations, but like I could probably run a business. I could yeah. I could probably do that. Like yeah. like like and if I couldn't, I'd find out. Like like then yeah. that's that's the thing is like it's not like I don't have any limitations. I like but, that. That's the better Disney model that I like. It's more it, like like if you had to choose, mm-hmm. if you believe that like oh you're just you're gonna suck at everything and, and and you can only do what you're good at and you have to figure out what that thing is and go do that thing. That was the mental model that I had. Mm-hmm. Like if that's your mental model, you just don't you don't get very far. You no. don't try a lot of things. If you try things you and fail, you you don't get up and try again. You try something else. Uh, if, if you have the confidence to do that. Uh, whereas if you think you can do anything with hard work, you try something like, I think most people can do 70% of things mm-hmm. that most people can do. I don't know yeah. if that makes sense. Right, like, I gotcha. There's probably yeah. 30% of things that most people can do that. You're just never going to be good at. Like some right. people can never sing, but most people can sing. Yeah. Uh, some people can never play drums, like, like have the rhythm to play drums. Mm-hmm. But most people can. If they learned it. Yeah. Um, with hard work and, and determination. Mm. And so since 70% of people or since most people can do most things, believing that you can do anything is a more useful mental model than believing you can only do one thing. Because if you believe you can only do one thing, you're going to be on the search for that one thing yeah. rather than just try something. And if it works great, yeah. uh, there's only one thing that I know how to do well. And there I've often been told that you only should do what you know how to do well. And that's be you. Be like yourself. Oh, be man. what you're like. Be what. You- <laughs> and so I'm having a wonderful time, but that I'd rather be whistling so in the ridiculous. dark. It's 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 wise almost. <laughs> That's uh, uh, they might be giants. Oh, okay. Oh, is that a, is that a band? Yeah. Okay. Well, I'm. I think they're a band, but they might be giants. <laughs> <laughs> don't hate me. I don't. I I kind of want to like 
praise you for that. (laughs) (laughs) So that's, that's the mental model that I've had to adapt is like in, in, in direct opposition to every bone in my body that wants to say, Mm -hmm. if you haven't done it already, you probably can't do it. You probably suck at it. Mm -hmm. I I have had to decide, no, I need to think about everything is possible. Uh, Well, virtually again, there are crazy things like I'm never going to be a football player. Right. And, and, and skills that require a life of dedication. Like I'm never going to play piano in Carnegie hall because you know, I don't play piano. The mental model in question, the better one almost, I mean, I think, I think the, the more realistic view of it, the realistic Disney model. Mm-hmm. Okay. I once thought that if I just, if I just believed in it hard enough, I could be a football player mm-hmm. or if I just trust, it went with my heart and, and, and trusted my, I, if I, if I just believed in myself, I could be, well, obviously that's not true, but I think the, the more realistic mental model might at least get me a job in the stadium, you know, right. because the, the pessimistic one will keep me out of the stadium or, or forever. as a personal trainer. Like you're going to find the thing yeah. along the way that yeah. like, you're going to rise to your highest level of incompetence. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, uh, maybe, it, maybe you can, you know, the more realistic model will at least get me on the field, mm-hmm. you know, helping out doing something. And that could be fulfilling. Mm-hmm. You, at least you have a shot at some fulfillment doing what you wanted to do mm-hmm. or, or, or doing something close to what you wanted to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, but all too often, the pessimistic one can just really destroy a guy. Oh, yeah. You know? Oh, yeah. It, it, not only does it get you really far away from the stadium, but you're doing something that just will just destroy your soul. Mm-hmm. Not to get too hyperbolic here. Uh, but yeah, I think, uh, I, think I'm, I think I'm tracking with you. Um, I hope that because I tend toward pessimism and the pessimism not only affects my view of others, but it affects me, you know, when I seek to fight my alligator. So yeah, uh, we should probably end with uh, a mental model that you are uh, inquisitive about, about me. Are there any, any of my, let's go, let's, well, let's try to be nice to you. Cause most of yours are like, let's pick one. I'm that, kicking myself in the face. Yeah. Let's <laughs> help. Is there any that oh, let's, let's pick a really nasty one. You want to? Yeah, why not? All right. All right. I guess I've talked about like things that I've had to overcome. And mm-hmm. and some of these are things that you've had the to overcome. The political one doesn't, isn't really personally harmful to me. I mean, it, it's... I'm really interested in this not taking initiative thing because I, I ah, mentioned that I identify with yeah, this. Yeah, yeah, Um, Can you do me a favor and just kind of scroll up real quick? Jim needs to remember what he said. Yeah. He's, I, he's I trying to connect I, with past I don't gym. have your memory, man. Oh, that's not, that's not far enough. Okay. No, that's good. It's right oh, there. Yeah. So yeah, this is um, this is one of those you know concerning our misunderstanding today. This mm-hmm. is a mental model that I know is silly hmm. and is bad, and I just can't seem to shake it. Mm-hmm. I don't do it all the time, but uh, thirty thousand uh, view from thirty thousand feet above. I I don't take. I'm not a guy who naturally takes initiative. You're not an alpha. I'm not an alpha dude. Mm-hmm. I'm not one of those guys. Um, I tend to to stay in the back row and watch mm-hmm. before I make a move. You know, um, I think this is because I'm thinking about this is because I have a mental model of other people that I I I tend to distrust. I'm a natural distruster of people mm-hmm. and schemers um, and sch- <laughs> um, I I think I have a mental model that 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 tells me that I think most people are more duplicitous. And they probably find that like I'm five. Like, I think people, I think there are more people like me that they carry two sets of books mm-hmm. and that the, what they say, how they come off is different than how they really are when no one's looking. Mm-hmm. I think that disparity is, is 
I think a lot more people have that than maybe is realistic or than is true. I just tend to I probably disagree with you. I, I think, t- I, I think well, everybody I, has that at well, least to I, some degree. Well, I mean, I, 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 I got you, but I think I, I do it to an unhealthy hmm. extent. I think probably people are, are, are more negatively duplicitous than, than they really are. Okay. Everybody is right to some extent, but I tend to more the negative side mm-hmm. of this. Um, and I, I, I think that whenever I see a go getter because of this, I think that person is, is doing it out of selfish motives. Mm-hmm. I think it's an expression of their pride and I just distrust them. I just don't like go getters. I don't like nice people for this reason. <laughs> what? <laughs> for this same, like people who are just like, Oh, that guy's really nice. I just assume that they yeah, have, yeah, yeah, there's something going on. Something's yeah. wrong. I think I have that too. Like, and it's just, it's, there's it's a so, guy, there's a guy at our church so that bad. it took me like a couple of years to become friends with because I just didn't <laughs> trust him. He's such a nice guy too. Um, but, um, so I'm just, I don't know why I'm so suspicious and distrusting of these people. I just assume their motives are bad and out of, and they're selfish and it's just, they're being prideful mm-hmm. and it's, it's horrible. And mm-hmm. I don't think this all the time. I don't think this about everyone I meet because there are some people in my life that are really solid people and they're, they're, they, they take initiative and they're good leaders. You know, that, that I, I, I get that. So what's, what's an example of being a leader taking initiative? Like, are you talking about like somebody who decides to become a pastor or a CEO or are you think, talking about just like the guy who volunteers to lead the think group? Think like in our, in our, in our church, we have small groups, like a good small group leader okay. that reaches out to you. Mm-hmm. Or, or leads in a certain way in a small group. And they're so not just, like the guy who says, oh yeah, I'll take out the trash. But the guy who like in the situation where cleanup needs to be done, starts telling people what to do yeah, in a nice yeah. way. Yeah. You know, might even be both of those. Cause you know, not every guy who volunteers to do the thing that would make them look good mm-hmm. is doing it to make them look good. They're just doing it cause they're, they're good people. Right. Like, I'm gonna take the trash out cause it's a good thing to do. Right. So I can take the burden off of somebody else. Yeah. But, but for the purposes of our discussion, yes. Um, so, uh, I still have this, Mm. I just have this pessimism about people's motives. And I just, I, I tend to assume that it's, there's something going on. Are you pessimistic about me? No, I think I know, I think I know more about you than you should be. (laughs) You, you are, you're, you are a a different animal. (laughs) Okay. This isn't, this isn't you Hmm. that I'm really talking about here. Um, and I, I don't think my ideas are particularly useful or valuable to people. So I tend not to initiate, you know, an idea. Mm-hmm. Um, this is a, affects a lot of different areas of my life. And whenever someone else does it, I just think you jerk. <laughs> I know why you're doing this. You're doing this because you just want to be the smart guy or you want the attention. And it's just awful. I'm, I just, really, I just, I'm just awful. I haven't really thought about this because when I was in your small group, you were the leader. And I, I can't remember all the way back to when we were in like, you know, discipleship or Bible studies together. But like, do you typically talk in Bible study, like, like group Bible study contexts? Well, in a Bible study context, yes, because that's my deal. You know, I, I have a Bible degree. I'm Mr. Smarty Pants. Huh. I do because I know about it. You know, it's, right. it's, it's my deal. But like, like in a, in a different situation where it, I'm not, it's, it's not my jam, you know? Right. I'm not going to be the guy that talks. Hmm. I'm going to shut up. Well, the Bible should be everybody's gym. Yeah, it should have, should be every, everyone should have a Bible degree. When I was, <laughs> when I was little, I used to, when I was little, when I was like 10, mm-hmm. when the teacher would ask things, I used to only go after the questions that were hard. What? 
Like, like I would try Why, to though? only answer the question. Well, because nobody likes the kid who always has the answer. Right. Where the teacher asks, what's two plus two? And he answers. And then the teacher asks, what's, you know, seven times 59. And he had the answer. Like nobody likes that guy. So right. I would only answer the ones when nobody would answer. Oh, well, you mean like you'd wait? Yeah, I would wait. And if somebody else answered, great. And, and if nobody else answered, then, then I would answer. And obviously I didn't have the answer all the time. That's not what I'm trying to say. But among, You're among my friend group at selective. the time, I was much more likely to have the hard answers than you they took were. initiative selectively. Right. But I now it's almost so like that. Now it's the other way around. I only answer the easy questions. I, like, like I only answer the stupidly easy questions, the questions that like are thrown out into the group. Like, okay, well let's just get things started. And I answer that question. Yeah. I don't know why, because I feel like I should talk and I know this one's not controversial. I think I know why I'm not going to get into a fight on this one. Yeah, it's, You don't do it because you don't want to get into a fight with somebody. Right, but now I've had some input into the group. They, so, know, they know who you are. <laughs> yeah. People don't feel like I'm the quiet outsider. I'm the guy who answered the easy question. Yeah. And it's, it's also enigmatic, I guess. Yeah. I mean, uh, the, the, this doesn't apply to me in like a Bible study setting mm. because and I did try to say that I'm not like this in every situation or all the right, time. Right. Uh, but in some situations, um, I, I just, I'm just deeply suspicious. So, so let's say that you're in, you're in a work meeting and, uh, something comes up as something that would be like nice to do. And somebody who doesn't really have leadership authority, like he's not like a, he's not like his, uh, his, his title doesn't end in O. Um, but he says, well, why don't I just take Jim and Susan and get that done? Like I'll, I'll just, you know, I'll just grab these two and and we'll get it done on, on Thursday afternoon. Does that work for everybody? Like you're kind of suspicious of that guy because he's, he's taking on leadership that maybe wasn't his to take on and he's doing the go get, like it didn't need to be done. It would be nice if it was done. He's kind of putting himself out there. Well, he's responding to a clear need that has been exposed. I get weirded out when people take initiative when there is no perceived need. I gotcha. I gotcha. It's just, and th- that person is not always doing that for a bad reason. Right. But I just, man, it just sticks with me hmm. and it affects how I view people. Hmm. And uh, a lot of this has to do with just me. You know, I, I don't think I have, I don't have a lot of good self-esteem, mm-hmm. especially now. And because of the show, because of the show <laughs> and the feedback we get. No, um, <laughs> no, we get good feedback. Um, uh, and so that just sticks with me. It's a mental model I know I have that I shouldn't have. Mm-hmm. I want to learn how to see the best in people, and and it just it, it has truly affected my personal relationships. I just don't reach out to people because of that because I just think that well, hmm. I'm just a jerk. You know, they're going to think I'm doing this for the wrong reason, or I'm just so you, network, I'm networking. You're, you're deeply suspicious of everybody, and you assume because of that that everybody's deeply suspicious of you. Oh, uh, maybe. Hmm. maybe that's interesting. I've never really thought of it that way. And when you're saying that, I'm like, Hmm, I wonder if that's the, that's the deep, the deep psychological flaw in all of this. I feel that way about old people. I feel like, <laughs> like people who are like 70 plus yeah. can peer inside my soul. And they're like <laughs> this, this young idiot doesn't know what he's doing. And I'm yeah. like, I know I don't. <laughs> I just assume that's what they're thinking about me. That's why you get that weird look on your face when you pass an elderly person. It's true. Yeah, man. I don't interact well with them. I just assume that they're peering into my soul thinking yeah. about how, how naive I am. Oh. <laughs> Dave, this is, this is, this is some weird stuff, man. I like it. it 
I'm glad you. That's expo- my mental model of old people. Thank you. I'm glad you exposed that, so I don't feel so exposed here, uh, because uh, I, I have a feeling that I, I we brought that up and I was not able to give a satisfactory conclusion to it. You know. Well, I mean, yeah. Part of it is because this is you know I'm kind of leery of this. This I mean I mentioned it at the beginning. This is kind of hard to do. You know, it trying is, yeah. to find a bad faulty thing that I do. And something that I still continue to do and I know is wrong and I should stop doing it. But nevertheless, here I am. And I didn't really give you any concrete examples of it. I'm sorry about that, but I'm going to go full flogging here and ask you, do you think you do this with the truly reformed crowd? Yep. All the time. Hmm. I feel like a lot. I feel like a lot of people do that and not just, not just new Calvinists. I know it's wrong, but I do it. But I feel like a lot of people do it. And I'm not saying that this is the reason that they do it, but it makes it really really easy to just dismiss the argumentation. Yeah. Yeah. It's unfair, isn't it? Like it's it, it, C.S. Lewis calls it a bulverism, uh, proving that your enemy is wrong by, by showing how he got to be so silly or, or, or stupid or bad. Okay. Um, so, so the idea, I mean, we, we do this with the liberals, right? Like yeah. the, the, we do this. Some Republicans do this with some liberals <laughs> so <laughs> okay. to paint with a narrow enough brush where it's like, Oh, they, uh, that, that person, uh, they're just a liberal. So they want everybody's money. And now I don't have to hear their arguments from economics. I don't have yeah. to. I mean, I, I don't. I don't think those go very far, mind you. I think right. I agree with you. Thou shall not steal is a command for a reason. Yes. Um, but, but yeah, it's a, it's it's a whether it's intentional or not. And I think most of the time it's it's if it's intentional, it's even, even I think I think even if it is intentional, it's in the back of the mind, not in the front of the mind. Sure. Yeah. It's easy when it's easy to caricature somebody. And then not have to deal with anything they're saying. Many an argument has been dismissed because of this impulse. Yeah. I've done it. I'm sure it won't be the last time. Well, then it's, sure it's, I'll do it in the future, but I'm trying to not do that. It's really interesting when you're like toying with something like exclusive psalmody. Yeah. And you like come in and you're like, well, let me play devil's advocate here and make this argument. And you get shut down as a truly reformed guy who thinks he's better than everyone. Yeah. And you're like, I didn't even hold this position. Why? Why are you doing this to me? Yeah, well. Uh, not that you've done that. That's, that's okay. not what I'm saying at all, yeah. but, but I, that's, I think the, the mental model there is, is the interesting thing the, the the model of like, I don't know, like people who disagree with me are bad. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I don't know how else to describe it. <laughs> uh, it's, it's, it's Good what's behind model. ad hominem arguments. It's yeah. I'm sure I do it. Like, it's a solid mental model there, David. And I guess we're just circling back around to tribalism. We're circling back around to you. Just want me to be confessional. That's not. After that's all, not I, what I said. I'm joking with you. I'm no, pl- I just I'm, want you to be truly reformed, <laughs> so that I can add another one to my Awana crown. Yes, another another badge on David's apron. <laughs> I don't know what. I don't want people use. use Did those. you say apron? I don't know. I, yes. <laughs> Approved workmen are not ashamed, except of their aprons. <laughs> What a great way to end the show. Well, now we must go to, David, the best part of the show, which is the end music, the outro music. Oh, yes. The song that I'm going to play. If you're listening on your phone right now, put some headphones in. It's yeah, about but, to get real good. As opposed to listening without. Well, the speakers, yeah. Oh, okay. Gotcha. See, well, smartphones yeah. have like a built-in speaker. Jen. Thank you. We're done. Okay. I'm done now. My <laughs> flip phone doesn't have speakers. I know. I know. It just calls people. <laughs> I'm even Whether sus- you want it to or not. I'm even suspicious of that. Okay. Uh, bye-bye now. Bye-bye now.